coming to you from the pit in Arroyo Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John, good Bang. to see you. All right, we're going to talk about uh, being a cut man with probably, I'd say, if not the most famous cut man right now, definitely one of them, Big Brad Tate. He just calls himself, everyone just calls him Tate. He's uh, at every UFC, uh, stopping cuts, letting fighters fight their fight, very caring, very humble. He looks very intimidating, but he's he's one of the nicest guys, softest guys, and most uh, and most caring people uh, out there. Um, Big Brad Tate, and he's going to be on our show right now. Awesome, John. Next time, man. Thanks. Okay, here we go. Pitmaster in the dock. John, Bang. good to see you, man. We got it. We got it. Okay, this guest is a little. It's a little different than most of our guests, um, and you can see why. Because if you notice, guys, you have seen this guy before, and you're like, wait a second, I know I've seen that guy before. He's at every UFC doing two things. He's either greasing him up before the fight or stopping gushing cuts during the fight. Awesome. What do you think about that? Is that a good explanation? What did he say? That's good, man. I appreciate that. I work. I'm a UFC cut man, and you know I enjoy the job. Missing it right now, so but thank you for that introduction. I appreciate it. Well, we we're uh, we met a long time. We've done some work together. Remember back in the day where we don't want to talk about it, but remember we could do they could do IVs. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember the IV. Of course, we would never have done that, but they could. I remember them doing it. I remember somebody allegedly, you know. Helping fighters rehydrate. Yeah, I remember that. That was the good days, I guess. They changed that. Yeah, they did change it. But you were, you're a, so you're basically a cut man for the biggest fight organization probably on the planet today. Yeah, that's safe to say. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So basically, basically, when a fighter comes back to the corner, if he has any injury that's, that's going to, maybe affect the fight in a negative way it's your job to number one i think the main job i mean swelling is one thing but your main job is to stop the bleeding right yes sir you basically you want to keep that fighter in there you want to give him an opportunity to keep fighting i mean um it is a blood sport it is a very contact sport so yeah you're looking to try to in that minute try to minimize the damage that this guy occurred or got during the five minute round so you know that can be swelling um applying ice to the face maybe applying more grease to uh the surface and yes definitely attending to cuts if that's needed i mean but yeah you're there to try to keep that fighter in the you know going so are you allowed to are you allowed to um use any kind of uh anti uh well, not an anticoagulant, a coagulant, coagulant, yeah. coagulant such as avatine or, or 
epinephrine or what do you guys use? No, uh, the the uh, commissioners are really good at regulating what we can use. Um, and and you know, so none of that none of that stuff's used. Um, no, no. I mean, there's some things that are cool. You'll hear guys say like adrenaline or something like that, but it's not a lot of uh, it's not a lot of stuff that's being utilized in there. The things that you'll hear and see uh, that you would use in an ER or like on a battlefield, no, we're not allowed to use that kind of stuff. So what do you? What's your go-to when you got a bad cut on the face? It's just bleeding. What What's your uh, go-to direct, method to get that guy back out there? Uh, direct pressure and adrenaline. You know, that's what we use. That's the standard practice is what we use in the in the um in the industry. And again, like I said, we're not, you know, sometimes it works. Some cuts just won't stop. Like the bridge of the nose is very hard. Uh sometimes in the the top of the head is very tough. So I mean it it's it 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 can be a tricky process, but you know, it's it's done. So you can use adrenaline? Yes, that yeah, you can use that in the corners, yeah. Okay. And is it one over 10,000? Uh, I like, I'm not familiar right now with the formula. I just know like the commissioners are really good at, uh, dictating what, how, how that is used and what we use. Do they give it to you before the fight? Uh, you, uh, it comes standard. Like we're now getting it, um, provided to us by, um, the UFC. Okay. Wow. So, okay. So number one, one, what's the worst place, the worst place for a fighter to get cut? Uh, some guys work magicians. I mean, we got a lot of talent, uh, UFC cut men, and some of the guys are really good. Me, uh, I have uh, that, that bridge in the nose is, is just a pain for me. Like, that thing is just going to bleed, you know, and a guy keeps getting hit in it. Uh, you know, sometimes nosebleeds are really tough as well. Yeah. But what do you, which one do you think bothers the fighter the most? Uh, again, everything's dependent upon the fighter, man. Some fighters just don't get bothered by a lot. Some fighters actually get excited that they're cutting bleeding. You know, it's, it's, but. Yeah. Uh, like Robbie Law. You know, or... some fighters respond different. Yeah, like that was, that, that just guy went out there and just battled. I mean, he didn't, you know. That, and again, even in the corner, like when I'm looking at a cut, you know, and a guy's cut and I'm like putting a swab or something in that cut and the guy's taking like his deep breaths and he's staying calm. That's always shocking to me because I'm like, you're supposed to be like saying, ow, you're supposed to be in some like, what are you doing? But the guys are all warriors, yeah. man. They, they know the process and they know what we're there for. So it's very appreciative. Uh, they appreciate uh, us. They appreciate us and we appreciate the work they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. What about, uh, Defense between, let me just start it by saying I treat them differently, but a girl different than a guy for the cut? Uh, you treat a girl cut versus a guy cut? Yeah, well, as a trainer, I'm going to stop a cut a lot, a stop fight a lot quicker if it's a girl that got cut than versus a guy. But do you think there's any difference in taking care of the cut? I don't really do that. Like, I'll be honest with you, man. I see fighters and I'm there to do my yeah. best job for fighters. So, I mean, there's ladies, there's men, but to me, when they get in the cage, man, they're fighters and I respect their craft and I'm just going to give them 
hundred percent of effort to keep them in that in the in the sport so they can keep fighting. They're definitely so. every bit as tough. I mean, girls are everybody's toughest guys. You, they're proven that, right? Right. Yeah. Like I don't like I said I don't see I don't really see difference in like the fighters and stuff. I'm like, oh, this is a cut. I need to do my job, and you know that's where I'm at with it. Um, you know, and, and swelling is swelling, and a cut is a cut. I mean, it doesn't matter who it's on. What's what? Um, what do you think in all your cuts? Because you've probably seen a lot of cuts. Which one do you think was the worst cut you've ever seen? Uh honestly, they kind of run together. I mean, I've had I've had some gushers, man. I've had some that are in the top of the head that I had to look for. Um, uh, I just I know, and I get a lot of grief on it, but. That Romero cut when he fought Kennedy, that was a really bad cut, man. It was it was it was horrific. And um I just remember that cut. And I mean that sticks out the most because I had to like put grease in it to kind of hold it in and, and keep it from him from bleeding. And I got a lot of flack on it because, you know, uh, certain people said that I was the one that messed up about it, but it wasn't, you know, the grease was there to hold the cut in. It wasn't a big glob of grease. You know, I even used my finger to smooth it down, but I just remember that cut being very big. And then I've had a couple of good cuts in Brazil. You know, those guys were in wars over there. Like, I've had, you know, several. You know, and then I've had fights where it wasn't like a big, gushy cut, like one of those big ones that's bleeding everywhere. I've had a fight with, like, several cuts where it's like, I'm holding the swab here, I'm holding this swab here, I'm asking the coach to hold this swab here. So it's kind of funny, you know. Do do you think – do you ever see a fighter beside a trainer – Besides me, the panics in the corner. Um, <laughs> I, I focus on what I'm supposed to do there. Like I don't. I mean, again, we all know that there's certain corners that handle pressure better than the other ones, and and but I don't think it's necessarily panic. I think it's more that the the coach just loves their fighters, man, and like you know they're trying to motivate their fighters, and they're trying to you know like like it's a like I mean. Fighters and coaches and camps, man, these guys spend more time together than they do with their family. So to watch your guy essentially get hurt or damaged, I mean, it's an emotional sport as well. So, I mean, I don't think that they're out of control. I think they're just highly competitive and they're trying to wake that guy up and they've seen what this guy can do in the gym. And, you know, the game plan and everything is not manifesting itself in the octagon. So the coach is kind of like, you know, what are we doing, man? Like, you know, like, you know, or it's not working. Like, you know, so I think that's more of what it is. I wouldn't say it's panic. Do they sometimes get in your way? Like, when you you got an important job to do. If you don't do your job, the fight might, might not go on. So do you have to get people out of your way? Do you have to manage the corner sometimes? We're very respectful. I mean, I think more along the lines, uh, getting into the cage, we kind of step on each other. But, like, when we get in there, I mean, again, like, my job is to kind of – I like him being a cut man to, like, the 50-yard line or the lines on a football field. You know, you never notice the yard lines on a football field. Could you imagine playing a football game without the football – without the yard line? So, I'm more there to just be, like, an assist. Like, you know, I like to stand in front of the guys, but sometimes the coach will beat me there and he stands in front. I have no problem moving to the side of the cut and working the cut that way. So, you know, I'm supposed to be there and not seen, you know. And that and that's what it is. You just make it work. 
but I think like going into the cage, sometimes we get in each other's way. But once we get in there, man, it's, we're all constant professionals and we know what to do. So we all see you guys when you're in the corner between rounds and, and working on like a bad cut. But what other roles do you have? Sometimes, you know, when we watch the UFC, I, I don't know it as well as John. I'm more of a fan. Uh, but, you know, you, you sometimes you're outside the ring or you're helping get the fighter ready. Do you guys like rotate around or how does that work? Yeah, there's five of us. So there's five cut men. And while two are at the cage attending the fighters and like the, the, the glory position, the work is actually in the back, man. That's where you get those personal relationships with guys where you're wrapping a guy's hands. And that goes, a guy has to trust you to do that. You know, like certain fighters request me, certain fighters request other gentlemen to do it. We're all good cut, man. We're all good. Uh, you know, we're good at what we do. We're good at our craft. But like John, I've seen him wrap his fan, uh, his fighter's hands sometimes, but I was honored when he had me wrap, uh, wrap Glover's hands, you know, because I remember John was like, this is too emotional. I don't want to worry about this, you know can you wrap Glover's hands? And man, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. You know? And that's a big thing for me is when a, a cornerman looks at you and goes, Hey man, I want you to wrap my guy's hands. That just, to me, that I, I swell up with pride because it means like, you know, I'm basically being brought into that camp. You know, this guy trusts me with his fighter and the fighter trusts me to work as well. Yeah. So for everyone listening right now and not watching this podcast, you're getting your haircut right now. Yeah. <laughs> man, I listen, <laughs> I've been on, I've been in quarantine right now, man. I'm sorry, guys, but I was looking rough, man. Like I was starting to show my age, man. And then my damn hair doesn't grow on my head evenly. So like my 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 front yard was all messed up, man. I had brown spots. I had parts that I grew hair. I had parts I couldn't grow hair. I was I was looking like a, a broke man's George Jefferson. <laughs> but but you're you're stationed out of you're stationed in Vegas, right? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I'm in Vegas. Oh, are you going to be in the fights? Uh, these coming fights? Yeah, I'm. I'm waiting to hear back. So you know, they're still putting that together, man. I mean, kudos to the UFC because, you know, they're doing this short step and they're trying to make it work. So you know, we we're all just kind of waiting and seeing who's going to get the call to go down there and do it. You know, and get everything kind of handled and set in place. Like I don't even know who's fighting. You know, so. It's funny because everybody knows more about this than me. And they're calling me like, hey, have you heard about this and this? So I'm kind of just waiting to see what happens next. Yeah, Glover's fighting the second one. Oh, Glover's? So I'll be there for that. Are you going to be there? Yeah. Oh, bro, I can't wait to debate with you. We're going to have some great debates. John, (laughs) hey, listen. Oh, no. John, listen. Do not let John give y'all this calm demeanor right now. John is a shit starter. So I just want y'all to know, like, the arguments that this guy creates <laughs> while we're on shows is hilarious, bro. And it, it's hilarious. And then he does the, well, I don't understand. Like, what do you mean? So that's what I love about this guy. But I know if I ever need anything, he'll be the first guy there for me. You know I will, man. But, yeah, and then, but King Mo doesn't understand that. Mo does, man. Like I said, Mo knows it. It's just. You and Mo are two alpha males, man, and y'all both are strongly opinionated, you know? <laughs> That's anything, man. When two people agree about something, it's easy. But when we don't agree, you know, like, uh, it's hell, I was arguing with somebody about LeBron versus uh, Michael Jordan, you know? Like, we just, everybody has an opinion, so, and everybody thinks they're right. <laughs> what? How, how does one, well, forget one, how did you go from 
what you were doing. I, I think you were, you were at EMT, right? I was a paramedic, yes, sir. So you're a paramedic, and then uh, in Vegas? New Mexico. Okay, and then how do you go from paramedic in New Mexico to Cutman for the UFC traveling all over the world now? How, did that, how does that happen? What are the uh, steps? Right time, right, time, right place. Uh, again, if you're interested in being a, a Cutman, I can tell you this much. You're going to give away a lot of free time. You're going to do a lot of this for free. So yeah. uh, it's a, it's a, it's a process. I mean, you know, anything like anything MMA related, John, you know, this as well, man, you got to love it because in the beginning, it starts out with a lot of your, you know, dedicating a lot of free time. So. I hung around a lot of gyms. I networked with a lot of people and then I started learning how to wrap hands. Trevor Whitman showed me how to wrap hands. Uh, Winkle John showed me how to wrap hands. And once those guys did, I would go to the gym and basically ask the fighters, hey, man, can I wrap your hands? Some would like to like, get the hell out of here. Uh, other guys would be like, hey, you know, sure, you know, because fighters are always interested in getting something if you're going to do it. And I'd be like, oh, I'm going to do it for free. So I would have to go buy my gauze and my tape and then show up and basically wrap hands. Uh, Melvin Gillard was the first guy that actually gave me, I would say, my shot. Because I started wrapping his hands, and then when he finally started fighting, when he was at the top, he was like, he would tell Bert Watson, like, I want this guy to wrap my hands, and that's kind of what happened with me. But it was a process, man. It was a long process. The process was the process, to be honest with you. So yeah. is this your full-time job now? Uh, I do other things. Like I said, um, I have a small trucking company. You know, I work for Southwest Airlines, and I do this as well. I do the cut man stuff as well. He's a he's a he's a go getter man. He's an entrepreneur. He's got all kind of shit. He's super drunk. I mean, you drove the truck to like Indianapolis and shit. It's some crazy. Yeah, I have a CDL. I have a CDL. Yeah, so you know, I've driven trucks. I've yeah, I've driven eighteen wheelers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, you yeah. All right, so, so that's how you started. Now, are you are you considered a are you considered a UFC employee or are you guys contract? No, I'm an independent contractor. And all you guys are? Yes, sir. I, I believe so. I can't I can't speak to anybody else. I can tell you what I am. So I know I'm an independent contractor. So if somebody else is on, on payroll and doing that, you know, kudos to them. But I don't really know what the other guys have, you know. Yeah. What what's the most uh and I know what it is, I can I could tell right now, but I'm gonna see which one you say. Which is the most embarrassing moment? That you're greasing someone out before the fight, man. You about to make me tell on myself, and I, <laughs> so, so my first, my ever first event. Like you got to understand, like you got to hear me. So, picture me being and Bert Watson. I don't remember if you guys like remember Bert. I know you do, John. But Bert was, oh my god, yeah. Bert was the mate. Bert was amazing. Like Bert had a, an answer for everything. And I remember Bert used to tell me, when the lights go on, your lights better not go out. And so I was, I was around and like, when I first came on, like I only was in the back wrapping hands. I only got to wrap hands. And, um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so Bert goes, he's like, I'm gonna let you go to the cage. And like, it was like the very first, I think it was like either the first or second fight that comes out. And, uh, Bert was like, I'm gonna let you go to the cage. And he's like, you know, don't fuck this up. And I was like, all right. And the fighter comes out, and the fighter's like, he's, poor, you know, he's Brazilian, and he doesn't speak English. And I'm like, you know, 
keep in mind, I've seen this done before. So I'm like, oh, man, it's not hard. I can do this. And and the guy's filming the music, and he's moving his head back and forth. I'm telling him to be still, but he doesn't speak English, so he doesn't understand me. And I go to put the grease in his, in his, on his, on, you know, in the area, and he moves, and I poked this guy right in the eye. And I mean, like, it was like, I think I touched that guy's brain. So he's sitting there, and he's looking at me, and he's doing this, and Bert's sitting over there. But the guy goes in there and actually wins. He, like, stops the guy in the first round. And uh, Bert was like, you know what, baby? You know, you tried to fuck it up, but, you know, he won. So we all good. That's my most embarrassing moment. I know everybody's seen the the, the slap, that one. and, and Which one? You know, but when a girl was, uh, her corner was slapping her, and then, like, I, like, flinched. Cause I was shocked by it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Didn't, didn't you become there's like a several, meme after that? Yeah, there's several. Like <laughs> I say, man, somebody's always watching. But for me, that was like my first one. I've fallen running into the cage real fast. I did that, and the fans let me know about. It. Hey, the cut man fell. Like that one, I've done that before. Uh, I smacked the fighter with an inswell kind of hard. He looked at me like, "Bro, you're crazy." I didn't know I had it in my hand. I went to put my hand on his head and had the inswell and like hit the guy in the eye. So I've, I've had my moments, you know. I'm not I'm not without flaws, but I'm good, you know, because I just like going as if it never happened. I've actually greased the fighter up with no grease. It fell off, and I was like, oh, let me give him the phantom. So I was like, all right. So I've done that before, you know, but I can't keep telling them myself. They're going to be like, man, how does this guy have a job? You, you're telling on yourself a lot because I was gonna, I was just going to come up with Johnny Walker. What the Johnny, Johnny Walker, Walker, when Johnny Walker humped my leg, that was a, that was, <laughs> again, that was, it's like I said, I'm always in some kind of moment where I'm like, oh. And then the funniest thing is the people in the back, like we work with, you know, the, the support staff, they always let me know, like, hey, did you see Johnny Walker hump your leg? I'm like, no, I didn't. But they always say I make the funniest faces because I'm just that like, what oh, yeah. Was he dancing while you were trying to put the Vaseline on? Yeah, he was. And he was just, again, he was filming the music, man. And next thing you know, it was I, like. I remember that. Like, oh, my leg is there. Like, what are you doing? So, and everybody that let is. me know. Like, oh, Johnny Walker just pumped the cut, man. I'm like, wow, that's good. Oh, my God. That's was... a good one. How did you leave that one out? That's the best one. That was the funniest. The funniest is when I blinded the fight. Hilarious. <laughs> or when I've gotten grease on somebody's suit I've done that a couple of times like because I got grease like when I first started out as a cut man I didn't know you had to put a big glob of grease you only leaked a little bit just to put grease but I would always get like these big like bubblegum wads of grease and of course somebody walked by and bumped me and I'd like oh and then I would kind of just give them the look like somebody put grease on you yeah it was me yeah yeah you're right so I've done that before you know I went oh in the corner God. looking for the grease, and it's been on the uh, the uh, the back of the coach's uh, <laughs> the back of the coach's shirt. I'm like, oh, so you know, but it's fun. Do you do you uh, so you're putting the grease on the in the face? But do you remember any incident where the trainer put grease on where he shouldn't have, and it might uh, have changed the outcome of the fight? No, we're good about that. Like, we, man, we're actually good, like, watching that. And Again, the UFC, man, these people are constant professionals. I mean, Bert used to always be like, hey, baby. But we're always checking and double-checking and triple-checking. I mean, we check in the back, make sure there's no grease. We check when the guys come to the cage to make sure again. So we're really good about the old grease thing. 
Yeah. So tell me about the ritual when you like pat them down. What are you looking for when you're, you know, I know you, we see you put the grease on their face, but like you kind of pat them down and you make them check their own cup. But what, what are you patting them down for the rest of their body? The, well, the referee's actually inspecting the guys to make sure that uh, he doesn't have any kind of foreign object or any kind of grease or any kind of lubricant on him that will uh, help him against submissions and stuff like that. So, they, um, that's what they're checking for. You know, they're checking to make sure their nails are not too long because you have accidental eye pokes sometimes. You don't want a guy scratching another guy. So, that's kind of what they're doing just to make sure everything's on the up and up, you know. And uh, make sure there's nothing hidden on the guys that can be something, you know. It's not to make sure that the guy didn't cheat. It's more like to make sure, like, the guy didn't injure the other guy. You know, like, if you got a piece of metal or something hard there and a the guy shoots a shot, I mean, it could hurt you. So that's kind of what you're looking for, just to make sure that, you know, they're not bringing any kind of foreign objects into the cage. Okay. Have you ever caught anyone with something they're trying to trying to, uh, trying to to slide in on? Didn't that hurt? No, didn't it down like it does, but don't make it touch. Remember, we always do that. I'm trying to take it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, right. no, I've never, I've never, um, hold on, guys. Sounds good. Turn off yeah, you never caught anyone with, no, I, I got, can you just turn it up there? No, I've never, like, honestly, I've never caught anyone doing anything that I would say suspicious. Again, like I said, everybody's pretty much professional. I mean, and if, if something like that does happen, you know, we correct it and we just move on from it. We don't, you know, it's not something we harp on. And honestly, a lot of people know, again, they're professionals. They're not there to try to gain advantages and stuff like that. I've never been a part of it. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. And I'm not saying it's never happened. I'm saying I've never been a part of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. Yeah, what about, what about, you know, I always found, because I know they check me when I'm wrapping my guy's hand. And I, they you know, but. You. What? They need to check you. But. Okay, but anyway, do they, why would they check you guys? Because you guys are neutral. So why, why is the commission watching you guys? Because, you know, I mean, it's just, it's the process, man. I mean, I'm not saying that any of us would do that, but you want to make sure that we're doing a good job, man, and, 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 and are professional about it. I mean, like, sometimes you can get too free with things or whatever. They just, you just never know, man. And I mean, it's, it's, we are neutral parties, but you know, I'm not perfect, man. I can make a mistake. I might use too much gauze. I might use too much tape or I might not be paying attention and I might get too close to the front of the knuckle. So the commissioners are just there to just keep everything even. You want everything even, you know, you don't want somebody to get hurt. You ever get put in a situation where you're cleaning some guy up and you don't think he should be fighting anymore? Uh, again, man, I do my job. I'm like, I'm the worst. Cause that's what the doctors are there for. You know, now I might sit there to myself on the, on the thing and be like, wow, I can't believe this is still going. But for the most part, man, I'm not, you know, that's what these guys do. Everybody at the, the UFC is really good at putting people in the right position. So they're going to have doctors there. That's going to do it. The referees are some of the best around and they're good at like, you know, looking at fighters and, and, and making sure. And then you also got the coat, the cornermen. Like, I mean, Cornermen are really good. They know when their fighters tad enough, and they know what that guys can do and handle. So, you know, it's a, it's a team effort. But no, I've never once been like, oh, this is too much. This guy needs to stop. No. Uh, have you ever? Have you ever? Um, have you ever had a fighter? No. no. You never trained a fighter. No. Have no. you ever watched just get in there and kick someone's ass yourself? No. 
Besides me. Besides me. I'm listen. I'm not. I, listen. I'm not that way. Like I don't like. I know I'm. I know I'm big and everything, but me honestly, like that aggression. I don't have that kind of aggression where I'm like, oh, you know, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna beat this guy up. No, that's never happened for me. No, never. No. Do you have a no. favorite fighter? I love, man. I love them all. I mean, you name a guy that's a fighter. Again, the UFC is like a big family. Before this Corona happened. Man, we were on the road. I think we do like over 40 shows. So like you become friends and family with the staff and like, yeah, it's it's a profession and that's what we do, but we're a big family, you know, we're oh, not, yeah. you oh, know, yeah. so, and John, you know that, man, I'm excited to see you, you know, like when I see you and talk about how your kids are doing and how your wife is doing and all that kind of stuff. So again, when we get, get there, you know, I like the fighters evenly. Like there's some fighters that I might not be their cup of tea, but I don't, I don't really, you know, you know, some guys might feel I bring them bad luck. Some guys might feel, you know, they're just not comfortable around me. And, and that's okay. That's their night. You know, when I'm there at an event, it's the fighter's night. And that's what I kind of keep in my mind. So if they want a wide berth, I give them that. If they want me around cracking jokes, I give them that. You know, it's it's the fighter dictates what goes on, not the cut man. The fighter does, you know. Yeah, you must see certain fighters coming in the ring, though, and think, oh, this guy's going to get cut up. Like, certain guys just look, are scarred up already, and you know they're going to bleed. Right. Yeah, and, you, and you're prepared for that. You know, you do. You know, like, oh, this, this guy's going to be in. It's going to, you know, this guy's going to, I'm going to have to work, you know. And, and you're excited about that. That's a lot of anticipation. And then the guy goes out there and not a punch is thrown. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that happens for sure. Well, you must you see know, someone like, like this next fight coming up is Tony Ferguson, and he's – He's usually in a battle at Justin Gaethje, so one of those guys is going to be bleeding. Yeah, somebody's going to be bleeding in that fight for sure. And, you know, again, you're just excited, man. You're just uh, – to be 100% honest, I really wasn't the biggest MMA fan until I started doing this. And now, like I said, man, I'm just excited, man. I'm excited to see a good fight and 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 then from there, man, just go and, and do our job and, you know, hang out afterwards and, and – and, you know, just break bread with these guys because I've honestly missed, I've honestly missed my UFC family. Yeah. All right, man. Well, let me just tell you, man, we've, uh, you and I have been through some shit and, uh, <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, I never feel as comfortable as I do around UFC guys and you guys like, man, God, I miss Bert so much, but when we just hang around, man, I just, I, it's, it's like a, fa it is like a family. I mean, for all the coaches, fighters, especially, uh, you know, the, the regulars that are always there, it's just such a tight family. People don't understand the, the camaraderie and the, and the love that everybody has for each other and the way they look out for each other and take care of each other. And, uh, you know, so, Hey, I love having you on here. I'd love to talk to you again. Um, I hope to see you, uh, I'll see you at Glover's and, uh, this is on the 15th. Two weeks. Uh, if Glover's there, man, I can't wait. Like, I love Glover, man. I'm excited to see him. And then, like I said, guys, I definitely have me back. I want to be back. And then definitely when we come back, we got to talk about some controversial stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's, do that. let's do that. I like to do that, too. But right now, I just want to keep it. I, the, the, my biggest thing about the controversial stuff is I love doing it. But I hate losing friends like King Mo. I love King Mo. No, seriously, I actually love King Mo. And I tell him, I love you, bro. And he won't even talk to me now. 
He won't even talk to me. And, and while he's not talking to me, he's still one of my favorite people in the world because I think he's a great trainer and a great human. So he can not like me all he wants. He can think whatever he wants about me, but I love him. Mo is probably one of the most intelligent fighters, man. That's that's the one thing a lot of people don't get to meet. These fighters are highly intelligent, man. The way they yeah. see the fight game, the way they explain the game, they're just amazing, man. But like I told you, I I do. I miss the sport. I, I can't wait till they allow fans back. I miss the fans. The fans are just amazing too, man. You got fans that go to every show sometimes. Like you get, it's just it's it's a crazy family. And like I said, I miss it, and I can't wait to be around you, you guys. Close, again. You get close to a lot of people. Man, both the both the staff, the fighters, and the fans. You, you, yeah, you're a people love you, man. They they come to you, man. Yeah, and again, tape, man. That that's what it is, man. Like I said, I, I enjoy it, man. And again, thank you guys. Thank you. I just I'm very appreciative, and like I said, I, I mean it's not fake humble. I really do, man. I really appreciate everybody that's embraced me. I, I appreciate I appreciate the fighters that have welcomed me and just, I mean, it, it's, it's a great lifestyle and I'm very happy. I'm very blessed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Awesome. Oh, one more thing before we go, what's with your new living arrangement with your roommates? You got like some roommates, you do some video funny as shit. Who are those guys? Bro, those are just my guys. These are guys that are down. Uh, they come down to train in the off season. They're currently, some of them are on the active NFL rosters. So these guys are always and they're young. I'm an old head, man. So like, it's it's funny because these guys keep me young, but the young generation they do things. And I'm just like, <laughs> wow, okay, <laughs> like that's you know. That you need to put more of that shit up. Still doing it, huh? You need to put more of that shit up because that's fucking entertaining, bro. They crack me up because I'm like, and, and it's funny because these young people they think they invented everything. I'm like, that shit never worked. Like, I'm still doing stuff we did. So they're fun and they keep me on my toes, man. So yeah, if you ever get a chance. Definitely uh, go to uh, my Instagram page. Now, I'm always posting stories about doing something stupid either. What is your Instagram well, page? Uh, it is uh, that damn tape. That so damn it's yeah. uh, that underscore damn underscore tape. And then, like, you'll follow me at the bar. Like, and again, warning, guys, I'm always talking crap. So some of the stuff I say, you know, you'll hear a lot of F-bombs and stuff. But Barbershop Chronicles, people love. Airport Chronicles is like, People love the airport chronicles. And then just me just doing what I do, man. I love to talk mess. So yeah, if you follow me, that's you'll get a lot of that. So I hope I'm not I hope you're not easily offended because I say a lot of off the wall stuff. And it's just yeah, my opinion, not you know, I'm not like speaking for anybody. Yeah. yeah. All right, brother. Love having you. Thanks for coming, brother. I'll see you soon, man. Good. I love yeah, you, brother. Thank you so much. All right. Take it easy, man. All right.